Hello, welcome to Grab Already Red. As ever in an international break, we try and catch up with a former Forest player. And this week, I'm delighted to be uh, welcoming a Wembley hero and a fan favourite in Steve Cook. Steve, uh, are you well? Yes, very well, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, good, thank you. Good. Is it a bit weird being called a fan favourite at a club? I mean, you only actually played 33, 32 or 33 games for Forest, yet you're kind of cemented in the hearts of the fans. Is that a bit unusual for you or not? Um, yeah, it is a strange one. Um, obviously, when you say it like that, yeah, it wasn't a long kind of playing time at all, which was which is a shame for me. I kind of when I first joined, I saw myself being there for a while, but um, the amount that happened in a short space of time, I wouldn't change. So, yeah, it's uh, it's really nice to be called that, and uh, I wish I could have played um, obviously a lot more, but uh, very proud of what what did happen over the, the eighteen months I was there. Um, at, when you came to Forest. Were there a lot of offers on the table or was it the only move available at the time you kind of jumped at the chance? Um, it was one of them where um, I, want, I say I wanted to leave, but I, I needed to kind of leave early in the window um, to kind of sort where I was going to be. Um, I wanted to kind of get into a team as soon as possible and kind of cement and get back regular playing. So... Um, I, I'm obviously at QPR now, but I was very close to joining them um, then. Um, but obviously, the a late change of mind and, and, and went up to Forest. And um, so, yeah, there was there was a few teams uh, where I could have gone to. I could have stayed at Bournemouth, um, but it's always been a um, kind of a something that I wanted to do and test myself and go and play for a, a, a big club and. Um, and obviously, with Forest, it was that, and um, you know, it was uh, an opportunity that I wanted to test myself and, and move away and, and, and see what I could could do and out of my comfort zone. Can you give us some insight as uh, fans what it's like to move? You know, you've been at Bournemouth for so long. I don't know if you've got uh, wife and kids. I think you have. What's it like logistically? Do you uproot them? Do you come up on your own and move into a flat? How does it all work? Yeah, so for the first, when I first moved, I, I came up on my own, um, which was something that my family, um, they, they were pushing for me to obviously stay closer. Um, but I had in my mind already that I, I kind of wanted to go further, not further away, but I wanted to go and test myself, um, see what I could do as a, being a, you know, something out of my comfort zone. Um, so yeah, the first first five six months when I come to Forest was I was on my own. I first moved into um, an Airbnb um, for a few weekends, and then ended up actually staying in there and, had, and renting it for the, the duration. And you know, I'd go up uh, up and back, or the family would come up. So it was um, it was testing. It was it was really difficult. We we needed to keep the kids in Bournemouth. I didn't want to disrupt on it. There was only young, but um, it's very difficult, obviously, leaving friends and, and whatnot. So we've done it that way and um, it worked. It was obviously hard, but I could focus solely on my football up there. I was on my own and um, could spend longer, you know, in the gym and get myself ready for games, recovering. So it worked out really well. Um, you mentioned a big club coming to Nottingham. What, what were your first impressions when you arrived? Yeah, well, it couldn't have started any better, and um, also with the Arsenal game. But um, it was a strange one actually because the manager had COVID when I signed, um, 
I don't think I was uh, um, a sign in that a couple um, probably wanted uh, in the background. So I actually turned up and I was on my own with um, Ed Henderson and, and the physio. So it was a bit of a strange one. There was COVID. Ryan Yates had COVID. So it was a it was a funny it was a funny day. I think everyone was spread out. Um, I, I went up and back in the day actually, so I travelled up at six in the morning to Nottingham, done my medical, which was sitting the MRI scanner for, I think I was in there for about four and a half hours, so it's like a long drawn out one in the gym, then doing running tests, so it was a very, it was a long day, a bit of a strange day, um, but then obviously training in there, um, when I first got to training, I had to keep the distance from the manager as well, because he was <laughs> still recovering from that, so yeah, it was a strange few days, and then obviously thrown in the deep end at Arsenal at home, um, and yeah, that kind of really set the standard of the atmosphere and where I was at, and it was a great result, and um, we never really looked back, to be honest, and I loved it from from that point. Yeah, I mean, everyone talks about the atmosphere, and it's not always been good as a fan myself for many years, but it is good now pundits and everyone talk about it now we're back in the Premier League they've suddenly realised it's a big club again can you tell us genuinely it's not overblown then the impact that atmosphere has on a the player then no honestly um, it was unbelievable uh, obviously you hear um, I know a few players that play for Forest and they're like it's, it's, a, it's a tough place a tough team tough, tough club to play for and mm. obviously there were players that have not experienced what what I did Um at the time, but the the atmosphere is special, you know, um, especially at the start of the game, the build up, it's very emotional, you know, especially when you're doing a team huddle, um, and then you got the atmosphere in behind, it's it's fine thing, it's it's you know it's something that I will tre- uh, treasure, um, you know, as a as a footballer, the, the memories that you've got, and um, no, I, I'm not kind of, it can't be underplayed the the atmosphere, the fans, you know, they. Especially, you know, in the Premier League, when when the boys have to dig in, the home form doesn't lie. And they're a huge, a huge factor in why um, the team stayed up last year. So, um, no, whoever compliments our fans is, is fully telling the truth. The the atmosphere and the the teams that the lads that I spoke to after, you know, who who we played against couldn't believe it as well and found it very difficult coming there to, to play. So it's definitely a huge factor. And, you know, um, the fans that potentially watch this, it's one of them where to, to do not under kind of underplay the, the role that they've got at the club because it is special. They have to keep it going this year then. There can't be a sense. I know you don't play for QPR now, but there can't be a sense of expectancy that we're going to win every home game. The fans still have a big part to play. Uh, absolutely, um, I think um, the first few years as a as a Premier League team, you, you're never safe. Um, the expectation levels, yeah, obviously they they will rise, but um, the atmosphere has to stay the same, and if not better for for the team to kind of grow as well. So, um, home form in football is massive. Uh, if you kind of get them teams that are not looking forward to play there or looking forward to having the atmosphere themselves is mm. compliment to them. And, you know, it, it really obviously it kept the club in, in the Premier League and hopefully now it can spell on the, the, the team on the pitch to kind of improve uh, league positions. Um, you mentioned the managers just going back there. I, I think I'm right in saying he was the one who really wanted you and he went to bat to get your experience in. 
Can you yeah. tell us a bit about what it's like to play for him and what your initial impressions were of him? Yeah, so he was a massive factor in why I joined the club. Um, I spoke to him various times in the in the lead up, and he spoke of what he wanted to do and um, the the season that we obviously did go up. There was no plans to go up that year. It was more so let's just see where we can go. Um, mm. But we're really building for the season after. That's 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 the season where we want to go and, and get promoted. But obviously the, <laughs> we over excelled and probably should have got automatic promotion in the end. But um, yeah, really enjoyed working with him. Um, you know, a good tactician. You don't come through the England ranks uh, and, and win competitions. And um, for them, if you're if you're not good and um, very tactical, always building towards the next game. Um, I think I had to adapt a lot more than he fought in the Premier League with the amount of players that came in and mm. obviously the, the less ball you see in the Premier League and the quality. And um, so there was a huge um, transition period, I think, in that summer of, of what they wanted to do, probably what they expected of, of the team didn't transpire at, at, in the early stages and um, even set plays with VAR coming in the way we used to mark in the Championship we couldn't mark in the Premier League because we were very hands-on don't give your man a, a, a yeah. yard uh, we had actually a meeting in, in the summer and they were like you probably looking like you've got to give them six or seven penalties away in the Championship which would give, be given in the Premier League so there was lots of things that were changed um, um, obviously the squad changed an awful lot but he's done an unbelievable job because not many, I don't think a manager in the history of the Premier League has been given the amount of change at a club that quickly um, in the Premier League. So it just goes to show how well he's done as a manager and um, and as a club, they've done fantastically well. You mentioned there about you know exceeding expectations massively. When did you realise that either promotion or something special was on that season? Um, I actually can't remember the game, but I was in the shower with Lewis Graham and we were just talking like we've we've got a kind of we can afford to maybe drop a few points if we want to get automatic mm. and trying to kind of cast back and, and, and think when but I only lost one home game, I think, in that championship season, second half, and that was in the playoff, but we ended up winning on penalty, so I don't actually count it. But um, so the, when we beat Swansea at home, I thought we we're gonna we we're gonna catch Bournemouth and go above above them. I was convinced that we would, um, for some reason, convinced we would beat them down there, but it wasn't to be. But um, I was very as soon as we got into as soon as we beat Sheffield United, I thought it backed us to go up, you know, because Sheffield United were top. Probably on the night, the second leg, I don't think we <clears throat> probably deserved to win. Um, without Bruce's, obviously, heroics. And when you have that slice of the luck, you always think, yeah, we're going to produce on a day, or is it? Is it? are we just destined to go up? So um, there was little, yeah, little indications where I thought, yeah, we, we've got a really, really good chance here. Um, we had the momentum. Um, we had the kind of back in. Uh, so, yeah, it was... Uh, I was confident that we would get up, but I wasn't sure, obviously, how um, whether it was automatic or playoffs. But yeah, the the, the momentum we took into the end of the season was was crazy. What was it about that team that made it special then? Because it wouldn't have happened unless you'd have had the cards for into place. Was it the quality of players, the 
strength in the dressing room? What made it all come together? Yeah, I think a bit of both. Um, it was that proving people wrong. Um, you had the heart as well, heart of the club with Joe Wall, Yatesy, Brennan, um, who, who were desperate to do well for the club. The lads that signed kind of inherited that as well. Um, Keenan Davis was, was, was a huge signing. Um, Sam Savage was outstanding. You know, as the lads that came in, I think, really grew with the club and grew to the to the dressing room along with it. There was big characters coming in, um, and we were actually a, a really close knit group. Um, so that I think that was huge. But the quality in the team, like Jed and Brennan, on their day were unplayable down the right. Um, you had a solid spine. Um, obviously, Colback was was unbelievable when when Max got injured at, at left wing back. He was arguably one of the young sung heroes. He, he was amazing. Um, just throughout the team, I throughout, I think we had 14, 15 players that were were very very strong, and we we really came together really well. And um, the way we bonded early, I think, was a was a huge um, reason why we went up. What did Colback say about that goal that he scored from I think it was against Albion from the left wing in the dressing room afterwards? Yeah, yeah he, he was a hundred percent convinced that he meant it, but um, you know, I'm not sure. I still I still speak to him about it that, like um, in in Changing down here, and like, I've I've scored a a couple of decent goals that m- maybe can go didn't really mean it fully, but. Not sure who's shooting from there. I've got to be honest, but we'll, we'll give him it. We'll give him it because uh, it, it was an unbelievable one. But um, yeah, he's he, he was. I think when you have got players like Jed and Brennan, you know, like the stars of the team, then they're they're always going to receive a lot of the, the the praise out there. But Jack Colbert was playing out of position and, and was outstanding. So um, and then when you have got players doing that for the team. You know, you, you want to do well for everyone else as well. So it kind of transpires throughout the group and the momentum we gathered by digging in, um, you know, the Millwall, Millwall away, grabs scoring last minute, mm-hmm. Peterborough away, Sam Sarah scores, and it's a, it's a grind. That gives you so much confidence you can win when you're not kind of at your, at your full best. Um, so let me ask you about a couple of individuals quickly. You mentioned Brennan a couple of times. Now he's gone to Spurs and got his big move. Um, would you have seen that when you signed in that January that there was that star level of player in there? Yeah, um, like he was so young, so talented. Um, you know, he's he's kind of a, a clean slate, brand. he's naturally extremely fast, uh, a very good finisher. Um, his progress in a short space of time was huge. You know, the expectation that was on his shoulders, a young boy, young. Um, not an boy coming through, you know, scoring the goals to kind of take us, uh, take the club back to the Premier League is, is massive. Um, and he kind of just got on with it. Um, I think when you when you can do that, when you can manage them expectations and, and grow, and then the goals he scored last year just goes to show, you know, uh, that he, he is a top player. Brendan can be anything he wants for me if um, he kind of gets his head down and he can go to the next level and. and, and be a regular in the top four, top six team. Um, and, uh, and I think, you know, moving out of the city will do him, will do him good. It's, um, it'll be, it's going to be difficult. 
Um, obviously, his family are up there. He's got a lot of friends in Nottingham, but you know, sometimes you need to go outside of it and see what you can do. And I think that's probably the overall reason why he 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 made that move. I think I was going to ask you about Joe and Ryan. And we spend quite a lot of time in this podcast defending them. It's surprising there's still doubters in the fan base amongst them. They keep stepping up a level, stepping up a notch. We saw Joe against Chelsea, obviously, putting the best performance of his career, arguably. Do you see in them why they keep getting in the team, the qualities that mean that Steve Cooper still keeps picking them? Yeah, so look, I, I'm on Twitter and I see stuff and uh, that's just the nature of the beast. You can't please everyone, but... Mm. I was so pleased for them when we got promoted and, and obviously it, and then last year staying up because you really see how much the club means to them um, and it means so much to represent them and, and actually play well and like I say about Brennan that expectation that's on the shoulders is, is huge um, it's always harder when you come through a an academy uh, I think because you Sometimes it's easier for, for someone just to come in and take your spot and oh, you're an academy player, it's easy to, for you to come out of the team. Those two or then three, um, I think, fly the flag for, for Nottingham extremely well. Um, Joe Roar is one of the most passionate and the most <laughs> loves Nottingham. He's literally Nottingham through and through and um, he carries a lot of weight on his shoulders and obviously his performance at the weekend, he's done himself and his family extremely proud. Um, obviously with the new contract as well he, he fully deserves it because he was out the team last year and he didn't see any sulking he got on with it you know he's he was in a position where not many captains of a club had been in we you know he played well he came on one game then he wasn't in the team again and he ended up coming on again through an injury and that's what he does very well he, he kind of reacts to the criticism and the the Oh, maybe Joe shouldn't be playing well, but then he just goes and shows why he should be playing well. It's impossible in the Premier League, unless you're a top, top, top player, to be to play 38 games well, mm. um, because the players are so good. Mm. But clear with Yatesy last year, he came out of the team and we didn't get the results that we thought that we should have. That, that's the biggest compliment for Yatesy when he was out of the team and he was out of the squad through injury and or, or whatnot. The team didn't excel the way. We should have. So, Yatesy, again, an ultimate professional, um, wears his heart on his sleeve, extremely committed. And I think when you're a club like Nottingham Forest, you, you don't want to lose that. The, those those two boys are going to be massively important, important for the club over the years. And the fans that maybe wish or say they shouldn't be in the team, I think you've got to be a little bit careful because you you lose a lot of heart with with them too when they're not when they're not on the pitch. So, um, and they also take players with them and, and learn about the club when you're in the dressing room. You know, you see how much it means to them. So, yeah, um, I think they will play for the club for a long, long, long time. I think they should. They deserve it. I think they stepped up to the level extremely fast because it's a very big jump. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm really pleased for them, and um, I'm sure they'll represent the club for, for many a year. And um, I look forward to, to watching them as well. Um, going back to the playoff semi-finals, then obviously you achieved great things at Bournemouth, going from the bottom right to the top. But in isolation, were those, especially the second leg, was that some of the craziest stuff you've been involved in in your career? Yeah, um, obviously that that second game was 
uh, a roller coaster of emotions. You know, yeah. we went from a position where we was almost cruising to clinging on, and and then really obviously getting us over the line with some unbelievable saves. Probably the best performance he will ever have. You know, and he's now up for one of the best goalkeepers in the world. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that 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 game was ridiculous. It was so emotional as a as a player. Um, tiring, draining. One minute, the atmosphere is rocking for us. The next, it's you can hear a pin drop with with obviously the the disappointment. So um, on the pitch, it was a really tough game with ten minutes to go. And I'm thinking, I'm I can't be taking a penalty tonight. Or <laughs> are we gonna get Are we gonna get to penalties here? Are we Are we gonna make it? And and then it ends in the way it did. Um, yeah, it was, you can't really sum it up. There's something that the emotion side, I, I wouldn't really want to happen too much, to be honest. It was, uh, it was uh, a very difficult game to get through, but when you sat in the dressing room after, it wasn't elation. It was more like, oh, thank God we've just done it, because it was a, it was a horrible 120 minutes. And um, But, yeah, it, it, Ryan Yates says, it's never, it's never easy. We, Forrest never do things the easy ways, and um, that definitely summed up that. Um, do you remember what was said in like a huddle before the shootout? And did you think we'd de- we were destined to win because Brees had played so well? Did that give you confidence? Well, we we had a plan all week on penalties, so we we knew where we were standing. We knew who was taking penalties. We knew um, where to kind of stand in 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 relation to Sheffield United. We we were, Danny Alcock and took the meeting. And it was like right if you. It's little little advantages if you stand a little bit closer to the um, the box to them. It gives you that kind of advantage. It's your deep breaths before the get um, before your penalty. We were ready. We were ready to take penalties, and they were scrambling on the sides of, of who's probably going to take it. They had no plan. We we were ultra. We had everything down to a T, um, and it went. To, it goes to show because we were. We were brilliant, apart from obviously the one that we missed. Um, everything went to plan. We we were so prepped for that occasion, and with Bruce in obviously the form that he was in, we were we were destined obviously to to win that penalty shootout. And um, yeah, I think uh, that the, the preparation that went into it was huge. Yeah, I remember hearing about the. Is it a psychological advantage then, or something like psychological that? Psychological advantage, yeah. But we we were we were lined up. We had our penalty taker down there. We were lined up. We knew, and they were still scrambling on the side, and then they were trying to kind of replicate what we were doing, and they were mm. edging forward. But we were we were just on it. We we were ready for that. That obviously we didn't want to go to penalties, but we prepped everything. We practiced all week, and we were ready. And it goes to show. Um, your celebrations gone down sort of akin to Pierce in Euro 96. Do you do you even remember that? Do you black out the moment the ball hits the net or do you remember what you did? Yeah, it was um yeah it was a lot of motion in that for me. Obviously I had um I knew my mum and dad were watching and obviously my dad had mm. the cardiac arrest down at Bournemouth. Um I hadn't trained obviously I missed the the whole game I stayed in Bournemouth and it was a massive relief obviously on the night and a lot of emotions came out that night. Obviously it meant a lot to me score and scored. I know it doesn't go down as a uh, a goal for the club, but I just put the ball in the back of the net for the club. And um, I knew myself scoring that penalty. We were more or less there. 
Um, so yeah, all the emotions come out, and um, you know, I love I love the club, and it was more like, come on, we can do this together, and um, yeah, it was, it was um, yeah, <laughs> not I'm not really sure what I can say. I've got a little bit of stick from the lads after. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a it's a moment that I, I won't forget, and um, I would try and do it all again if I if I could. Um, do you mind me asking how your dad is now? Yeah, he's okay. Yeah, yeah, he's okay. Um, obviously, massive shame he never actually got to come to a Premier League game um, up at, at the City Ground, which was a, a massive shame. It was something that um, it, it would have been uh, obviously amazing, but um, yeah, at least we, we got there and he watched it at home. Uh, when we obviously won at Wembley, so um, I watched on TV with the Liverpool game, so it, it's, it's not too bad. I think I want to say that Wembley, if, if I were a neutral, would go down as one of the worst games I've seen. It was not a not a good match at all. What was it like to play in? Yeah, it was it was an awful game, wasn't it? So, um, <laughs> yeah, really, really poor game. Um, it was actually a really boring game, obviously, to play in as well. But you. As a player, you don't realise when you're in that situation. Like the, I don't think it was a, an overly hot day, but on the pitch, it was, seemed it was like 25, 30 degrees. The the anxiety you get, you know, on on the pitch is, is is difficult. It's a really hard occasion to play in. No one wants to obviously lose that game. A lot riding on it. Um, yeah, terrible game to obviously watch, no doubt. Terrible game to play in, but um, I'll take that game. <laughs> I'll take that performance and that and that game every day of the week if that meant us going up so um yeah that yeah it, it wasn't a thriller but i'm sure every forest fan would have um would have taken that outcome all day oh yeah it's literally the best day of you know size um wife and kids would say that my wife doesn't watch this but i better say it but yeah best day of well, well, it's up there for me as well so mine might watch it either so it's fine um, you made, I'll come to it in a bit, at Market Square, you made a famous speech referencing VAR and John Moss. What went through your head when you stood there waiting for that decision when Colback allegedly trips Toffolo, I think it was, ironically? Yeah, yeah. No, I was. I think I was the one that slid in and kind of deflected the ball into into the path a little bit. But I was at the time convinced um, it was a penalty. Um, after, when you look back, I think it... It wasn't maybe the Max Lowe one on Lewis O'Brien was more of a penalty than that. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, um, obviously I took a lot of uh, criticism from the opposition fans on, on Twitter after that one, but it was uh, it was enjoyable. I've got to be honest, the later they obviously felt very hard done by, but um, yeah, I don't think he, I don't think it was a clear and obvious uh, mistake that John Moss made uh, on the day. So um, yeah, maybe if he was on the other side of it, it might have felt different, but. Uh, and I'm not <laughs> in, in the interview the day after, you know, it was um, probably had a little bit too much to drink and um, I didn't realise it was on radio either. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, not, I can't really say a lot too much. It was, um, yeah, too many, too many beers and a bit of a hangover and getting a little bit too carried away. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, as long as the, I'm not going to. <laughs> changed my thoughts on, on, on that day. It was an unbelievable day and I'd, I'd love to do that day again, I've got to be honest. Um, before we come to talk about the aftermath of Wembley, you talk about winding fans up. I mean, after recently you wound up Derby fans and ironically, 
I was on my Facebook feed today, uh, the highlights of the game where you beat Derby, which was one of your first match, and Morrison got sent off, and mm. Reese is running up to him with his hands behind his back. This isn't good for audio listeners, but he's got, you know, he's given plenty to Morrison. What are your recollections of playing Derby and uh, winding their fans up? Did you enjoy that banter there? Well, yeah, it was one of my first games, actually, and I give a penalty away as well, so that kind of took the shot off it for me. But, <laughs> um, yeah, no, that was... Uh, the Twitter they had, I was out with my friends as well, and it was like um, we was going through um, a lot of like the tweets you get, and I had a bit of abuse from them, so I thought, oh, do you know what, you deserve this one. <laughs> um, so that was uh, quite. You should see the the messages I got that 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 evening, and and a while they were, I took a lot of stick from there. I didn't read many, but <laughs> it was um, no, that was a, an enjoyable night. It was quite funny, and um, yeah, it's. it's Football fans and that they're 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 a little bit a little bit too easy to wind up sometimes. So um, yeah, it wasn't obviously a great night from, uh, but you know it's uh, it's only derby, isn't it? So we're, we're all right. <laughs> so in the aftermath of Wembley, then I guess we on this podcast were saying, well, we'll sign as many of the loan players as we can. We'll get a bit of quality in and give it a go. And obviously the club went totally differently and signed the 22 players and then 30 in total. What's it like being in the dressing room when, you know, near Kate signs, then Bolly signs? Are you and Worrell and McKenna going like, what's going on here? What's it like being in the dressing room as a player then? No, it was, do you know what? The, the group was really good. Um, mm. I've got to be honest, it was, uh, it was surprising because, like I say, a lot of different characters came in. Um, a lot of change in the dressing room, but the, the group was really strong. Um, you know, it, it was something where it shouldn't have worked, but it did. Um, the lads that came in were added to the group. We we obviously, as players, we weren't expecting as many to come through the door, but it was. It turned out it, it kind of that needed to be the case because there was a, a huge hole of players that needed replacing, and obviously the quality to add in as well. And, the owner really went out of his way to kind of keep this club in in the Premier League, mm. um, but the dressing room was strong. We, we we still had that group that knew the kind of the club's philosophy and what it stood for. Um, it was a, we, the lads had a strong hold of the group, and the and the new guys that came in kind of went along with it. You know, it was. Um, I think the manager himself would have been a little bit surprised how how well the, the boys gelled together off the pitch. Uh, obviously, it was always going to be difficult on the pitch because you in, in in any game of football you have to have relationships on the pitch. Um, we were we were making them off off the pitch. We had a strong uh, coffee group and we would all go out for dinners together and we were making a, a huge effort off it to make it work on because we knew what was being said outside of of the club. So. Mm. Um, no one gave us a chance uh, staying up, especially with them signings. And that kind of, we, we knew what was being said outside. We knew that everyone was kind of making a laugh and a joke of the, the transfer business that we've done. And it, it fueled, added that kind of fuel to, to go and prove them wrong. So um, overall, it's, it's, it's successful. It's kind of worked. I know. It probably shouldn't have, but it did because of the continuity in the group and how quickly we come together. How did you look back on your time in the Premier League personally then? Because obviously it was a bit of a mixed bag for you. You had that great assist against Liverpool, the win against West Ham, but you obviously don't play anywhere near as many games as you personally would have wanted to. How do you feel about it now? 
Yeah, um, I've got to be honest, I knew that would be a kind of role of mine. I knew I wouldn't play loads of football. Um, obviously, I started the, se- started the season, I played um, a few on the trot and um, I obviously just was delighted to be at the club. Uh, I always give my my kind of conscience of, I, I gave everything for, for the shirt when I played. Um, it we was in a period of everything that it seemed, everything, every shot that a team had went in the back of the net. Um, we we went through a, a transition of being five at the back to a back four. The team changing a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, my my role um, at Forest in that Premier League season was always going to be look, maybe play um, a lot and play well, and the team does well, or maybe going to be in and out. But my role was always in the dressing room to be a strong character, to to do the best for for the, the lads and the team, and kind of be a a stepping stone between the, the team and the management. Um, we we had a good group of you know senior players and players that got on well with the manager, assistant, and all the staff. So I was one of them that just wanted to do the best for the club. So I've got no ill feeling of not playing enough football. Or, um, my my when I first spoke to the manager, my role was to come in, unite the dressing room. Can we get promoted to the Premier League in time? And, and we've done that. So my I look back at my time at, at Nottingham Forest and with huge satisfaction and, and, and extremely proud because I I know I done everything I possibly could for the club and uh, we got promoted. Um, obviously. You can't please everyone, um, as in fan-wise, you're not always going to be wanted in the team. But when I was in the team, if I didn't play um, to the level, then that that's just obviously uh, a, a footballing kind of anything can happen in a football match. But I knew that I would I'd give everything you know for the club and the team around me. So that I, I've got, I look back and I don't wish anything. I wouldn't change a thing because we've been promoted. I contributed to keep the club in the Premier League, and now I look at the signings that. They're making and, and the steps, the four steps that they will take from here. So um, I'm, I'm really pleased with that. I felt like I'd done my job uh, for the club, and I look back at it with extreme pride. And um, I will do a part of my career that was honestly amazing, and uh, I would never change anything else. Um, I guess being left out of the 25-man squad still a, a big blow. Was there a conscious effort on your part to kind of make lemonade out of lemons and you did a lot of coaching and worked with younger players? Was that something you thought, right, I'm going to make the most of this then? Yeah, so obviously very disappointed to, to be left out. But um, obviously after a week or two where, where the disappointment dies down, um, you then that, that doesn't get you anywhere. So I thought, right, so what can I do? So I made a conscious effort of being at trying to be at every game to be in the dressing room to be that voice still in the, in the dressing room um i trained as well as i could i was in the gym every morning gym every afternoon just to kind of not show the lads or show the staff but it was like right this is if i'm doing it this is what what you need to do or try and do and i'm out of the squad so if i'm doing the extras you should be doing it. we we need to kind of stay in the, in the league together um, I, I didn't give an opportunity for anyone to kind of criticise me. I thought if I, I need to do everything right because now I'm planning on my next move. 
Um, so it was five, six months. Yeah, it was a long time. It was difficult, but I was planning on, right, where am I going to be in pre-season? Um, who's going to call up the manager or the kit man or the physio and say, what was Steve Cook like? I didn't want to give anyone a, a reason to kind of badmouth me. And my role was to support the lads and help the lads. And I think I'd, I'd done that to the best of my ability. I was at most games, and like I say, in the dressing room. I travelled away. I took my kids to watch games. I wanted them to kind of feel it as much as me. You know, I, I, I was so invested in, in the club. Um, my kids were in the, the academy, well, the pre-academy. They, they loved it. They running around the house with the forest songs going on in the background. Like, I invested my family into the club as well because I knew this is, that's what I wanted. And, and it didn't change when I left, was left at the squad. If, if anything, I'd probably become more invested and uh, kind of travelled up and down the country on my own accord to support the team and, and get rid of fans. So um, being left out of the squad was disappointing, but it didn't change the way I felt about anyone at the club. Um, I just it gave me that motivation to kind of not say that I should have been in the squad, but it gave me the motivation to keep myself fit, train well, and, and get ready for my next move. And like I said, I've done the coaching as well, went into the under 16s and, and helped out. Um, obviously, I was on my A license. Um, so I'd done that, and it was quite nice to kind of see what, what sort of players were coming through the academy as well and learnt a lot from uh, the academy and what I would take forward. and. Um, you know, I tried to make that six months as productive as, as possible. Where's that inner resolve come from? Is it because you, is it from your family? Is it because you've gone from, you know, right at the bottom of the league ladder with Bournemouth to the top? What What is it that drives you to not get too down in that situation that you were in? Yeah, obviously a very good upbringing. Um, I've always been determined. I've always been a player that's not received loads of, you know, I've always been a player that's, just been a steady player, obviously uh, I wasn't playing in the Premier League and I kind of thrive off that when back's against the wall I, I really want to prove people wrong and um, that's why I think I was a really good fit for Forest at the time because you know they, they take a lot of criticism from, from out of Nottingham and hadn't been successful in years and um, it was kind of a, a really good match but yeah it's, it's something that's always kind of burned inside me and it, it set me up now um, the, the last six months and the way I approached it has set me up now because I'm absolutely loving being back playing and um, I've still got a burning desire to, to be successful. Um, and I, I genuinely really love football. So it's, it's something that I think as soon as that disappears and you probably in, in you probably should get out, but it kind of, I've still got that desire to, to be successful. And um, I always have felt that way about football and, and we'll, will hopefully feel that way for for a long time. Um, what's QPR like? Are you and Jack Colback trying to reinstill that spirit that you had that got promoted with Forest? Yeah, no, I love it. It's, um, it's a really good club. I'm really happy to be kind of uh, back down south as well. Um, obviously, having Jack there as well helps. We we come and come into a, a dressing room that was very young, and uh, I played with Asmir Begovic at Bournemouth as well. So we've got uh, us three, Morgan Fox, and. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of them where you look and you try and uh, a lot of lads have been really good, you know, they try and they talk about uh, how, how things changed when, I went, when we went to Forest and, or let's talk a, a lot about Forest and that we was 13th in, in January, we ended up getting promoted, obviously QPR, 
get a lot of criticism outside the, the club at the moment with the, a lot of negativity and, and, and people saying that we're, we're going to get um, relegated and whatnot and it's then do the same as what we did at Forest, kind, kind of prove people wrong and uh, be that team that goes under the radar and, and, and ends up being successful. So, yeah, I, I'm loving it at the moment down here and um, really enjoying being back playing. Um, I didn't realise how much I did miss playing until I got back on the pitch. Um, so, yeah, we're just really happy now. And you bought your own club as well, which is a bit mental. <laughs> Not many people do uh, that. Yeah, well, uh, like that. You say bought, it's uh, my, my, one of my really good friends uh, run the club. It's a very uh, family-run club um, yeah. just outside Hastings. Um, and he asked if I would help. And, 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 yeah, it's something that I feel quite strongly about. I, I love non-league football. Um, I love being involved. I like trying to kind of give back because I come from, you know, I've, I've played non-league football myself and um, I, I really think that a lot of players don't get the chance to kind of make um, the professional game. So um, I love my hometown as well. So it's quite nice to kind of give back to a little bit to, to the, to, you know, the, the boys and girls that are coming through. And um, yeah, hopefully we can continue to grow a little bit and, um, we've got some plans in, in place to, to hope uh, to to take it forward, and yeah, it's, uh, it's totally different than playing. I'm not. It's definitely opened up my eyes to the other side of of, of football, and um, it's something that is quite nice because uh, you just never know where it can lead to. That was what I was going to ask you, actually. I mean, obviously, you're still playing. You've got a few good years left in you, I'm sure, but you've got avenues like you've done your A license. You've We've got a behind-the-scenes thing with the club that you are involved yeah. in. Is the long-term plan coaching, or is it a director of football type role? Have you thought that far ahead? Um, no, no. It occasionally crosses my mind, and I always think, well, um, where I could be in five, six, seven years' time, and I, I'm really not sure. I, I, I kind of, I've done my coaching because I, I, I love obviously the game, and I would love. I don't see myself out of football. Um, the non-playing stuff doesn't really appeal to me too much, but that obviously can can change. But I, I kind of got put everything in place because I would never want to miss an opportunity. So the coach I'd done my B licence when I was, I think, 26. Obviously done my A licence now, uh, completed, because I you, you never know what's around the corner. So I wanted to be prepared for, for something if it, if it popped up. Um, I spoke to the manager and all the management staff over a long period of time of, you know, you only learn when you coach. Um, it's very difficult to become a good coach if you don't coach. So that was something that I took on and then tried to do last year. Uh, I sat down numerous times with, with the coaches and went through sessions and talked through sessions and questioned their sessions. Um, it was something that I really kind of really enjoyed doing and I love talking football. And um, I think that's where... I had so much respect for, for the management staff at Forest that we could really talk in depth about different s- scenarios and situations. So I learned a lot um, in my time, not on the pitch, just and, and off the pitch as well. Mm. Just a couple of questions on Forest to finish then. I mean, I'm sure no Forest fan would begrudge you having Bournemouth as your club for being there for so long. But would Forest be right up there as a close second, kind of a whirlwind close second for so much that happened. Yeah, awesome. um, obviously Bournemouth is extremely, extremely close to my heart and then I had a, an amazing 10 years there um, and my family is still there now. So, um, But you would think 
that where I wasn't at Forest a long time, it would come nowhere near. But I I love that club. Um, I thought it was an amazing experience for myself, my family. Um, so yeah, extremely, extremely close, kind of in, in different ways. Um, Bournemouth was a, a really, really special club. Like I say, a club that was backs against the walls, rose through the the pyramid of football up against it. Forest, huge kind of stature of a club and following the expectations were huge. But again, a backs to wall job and big expectations as well. So two clubs kind of a different spectrum, but very close as in kind of not so much the 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 past at Forest because an extremely successful club but in the last kind of the expectations of the last few years haven't gone to plan so um, yeah no, I, I love not in the Forest I, I really love living in the area um, I love the, the fans and how passionate they were and um, their love for their club is, is amazing and, and, and that's something that will stay with me because you, you don't always see it so everyone wants their best for their, their, their city their town their club and not the forest flyer that fly the flag extremely well for that. Um, and just lastly, as fans, people are getting very excited now. Sangare's come in, Dominguez, Hudson Madoy, all these new signings. From a player's point of view who's played in the Premier League very recently, what's a realistic goal do you think for Forest this season now? Um well, look, there's there's always a lot said about the second season. Uh, in the Premier League, it's a it's a dangerous one because sometimes you can feel that you are now a Premier League club and you don't you won't go down. But it's a, a dangerous way of thinking. I think first of all you've got to get the points to stay up. Naturally, it's a very obvious thing to say, and then take whatever comes after it. Um, the money that's been spent, the quality of player that's come in. Yeah, I, I do think that Nottingham Forest can finish in the top half this year. Um, I think if they stay patient, there's going to be periods of the season which are going to be tough. Everyone thought it was going to be a really, really tough start of the season. They started the season really well, had some really good performances. Keep the main players fit and, you know, it can be anything. Um, I'm really looking forward to, to watching on and watching from the outside because it's, a, it's an extremely strong squad still with the heart of the, the local boys in there as well. So um, I, I, I genuinely think it will be a, a very strong season for the club. Um, I would love to see them do um, break into that top half. Uh, and, you know, in, in a few years' time, maybe return with, with, with a little bit of silverware or whatnot with, with one of the cups. And I think the future is very bright. The owner is very invested. They... they Obviously, got a lot of criticism from the outside, but the way they have invested with players and with the quality, I think, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be an exciting time to be um, a fan. And I'm really looking forward to coming back and, and watching some of the games. Uh, well, it's been a great pleasure to have you on, Steve. Thanks very much for doing it. If people no, uh, enjoyed this as ever, like and subscribe, and we shall be back on, uh, well, later in the week with a Burnley preview. But, um, Steve, thanks very much. I don't know if you've got any yeah. final words for fans or anything like that, but otherwise, thank you very much. No, thank you very much. No, just stick with the team, enjoy it, and uh, don't let that atmosphere die. So, enjoy. Great stuff. Um, thanks very much, everyone. We shall see you in a few days.